Thanks for the victory lap though Whoa, whoa They ain't never seen nothing like this before Lit the room when I came through the front door Ask me if I should suffer come work for Train in the trees, please Welcome to The Roz Project, a conversation about life, entrepreneurship, personal development, family tech, and marketing. My name is Ivan Tomokov, and I'm your host. What's on this podcast for you? Here you will grasp life-changing advice to help you level up in every aspect of your life and business and help you reach your goals and dreams. As always, all content is 100% real, raw and unfiltered and ladies and gentlemen i have a treat today i'm joined by bella who is the ceo and founder of the first and only female-led sales agency serving the united states canada and australia bella has been selling since she was eight years old and by the time she was 19 she's a she was a top income earner in a network marketing organization she quickly discovered something about sales that her competitors seemed to not understand a true desire to make feel make people feel listened to paired with a go-getter attitude outperformed by all the aggressive manipulative manipulative sales tactics that were industry standard as a result she built a seven-figure real estate company by 24 becoming the number one business broker in the state of Nevada some may say she has sales in her soul now as the CEO of Alliance Sales Services LLC, her passion is helping businesses scale and women create financial independence through sales. Bella, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate being here. Uh, you know what? As I was reading your bio, and I think I mentioned this before we hit record, I'm like, holy fucking shit. Like, like this woman has done some amazing things. So let, let's take things back to when you were eight years old, right? Let's, let's think about this for a second. So I have a four-year-old and a two-year-old and I'm thinking, okay, you were eight years old and you're thinking about like sales. Like how did this all get started? Let's talk a little bit about the eight-year-old Bella. The eight-year-old Bella. So uh, the eight, I've always been, um, you know, an entrepreneur at heart and innovative and creative. And so at eight years old, you know, where, where most kids, especially girls, are starting lemonade stands, right? So I saw all these kids in my neighborhood starting lemonade stands. And I thought to myself, well, I don't want to fucking do what everybody else is doing. Like, <laughs> I don't want to have competition. What else can I do? And I love to make crafts. I spent a lot of time alone as a kid. And, um, and I loved crafts. So what I would do is I would make these wreaths. And I would make each wreath, like depending on the holiday. So like right now I'd be making a 4th of July wreath, right? And then, you know, a Memorial Day and then Halloween and Thanksgiving and Christmas and all these things. So I'd always make these wreaths um, per the holiday season. And I learned at a very young age, if I just asked people what they wanted on the wreath, and if I put what they wanted on the wreath, they would buy the wreath. And right. so. Oh, um, and so that's where I really started to learn about sales is like, ask people what they want, deliver what they want, and they will buy. Um, and at the time I had a really great business model because my parents would take me to Michael's and buy all my craft supplies. And then I would sell all my wreaths and keep the cash. So it was a really great business model, which you have two girls. I don't recommend doing it that way because they could really learn a lot about business. But at the time mm -hmm. I was like, stack it and stack in the cash. So that, I can, I can, I can already kind of envision eight-year-old hustling, building wreaths, and and connecting with people, 
you know, in a way that most people don't. And I think that's sort of what you were sort of emphasizing is that I think at a very young age, I mean, mind you, at eight years old, like you said, most eight-year-olds, you know, boys and girls, they're not really, you know, fathoming the fact of connecting with people, like really connecting with them. And here's you at eight years old, like you're already understanding that mentality about connectivity with people. And in fact, it so much resonates with, with my business that is so human-centric and so human-focused because you said it is in sales, it's about connectivity. It's about knowing what people want and being able to deliver a solution that exactly meets those needs. Well, getting an understanding of what they want is sort of like the preliminary step connecting with people, but then delivering. So you're building these wreaths, you know, you're stacking up the cash, eight years old. Like, how did that pan out with all your peers? Like, I mean, here, here you are, like, building wreaths and stuff and, you know, generating cash and your friends are going like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> like, how, how did that, like, how, how, do you, how did you, like, digest all of that? Did that create any pressure not, not really, because I, like, as I said, I spent a lot of time alone, um, so I didn't mm -hmm. have, like, a whole lot of friends, um, like, my friends, like, on the neighborhood, but I, I mostly, like, played alone, so it wasn't, there wasn't really, like, much conversation um, around mm -hmm. it, you know, my, my parents were divorced, so I would go back and forth a lot, and, and so just, I never really had established, like, a great, like, core group of friends growing up, sure. so it was, like, you know, that was kind of my, my way of, you know, and, and, and the adults that would come by and buy my things, like they were kind of mm -hmm. my friends. Um, and I love what you said about the, the connection piece, because that's really truly yeah. what sales is about. Like sales is service, sales is connection, sales is solving problems. And that's why like, I love and why, why we're the best, like if I do say so myself, um, we're the best sales agency in the market because one, all the others are run by men, which is nothing wrong with men, but women have a different level of care. We ask right. more questions and we'll be like, like my clients, even after the fact of, if they call me six months and like, Hey, I've got this, this thing. Can you answer this question for me? Like I'll answer that question. We, we solve sales yeah. problems like nobody's business. And it's because we just ask the right questions and we really, truly want to deliver exactly what people want. You know, there were a couple of things that you mentioned in that statement that I wanted to touch upon. First of all, going back to eight-year-old Bella, you know, one of the things that I think us entrepreneurs, and let's face it, we're just a different breed, yeah. is that whether you're male or female, you're, we're very commonly misconstrued because we're kind of on our own designated island, at least in, the in our early beginnings, right? We're always doing the polar opposite of what everyone else is doing, as you said to yourself. And as a result, society sees us as an anomaly. They see us as, you know, uh, extroverts, right? Which is, which is a good thing because that is how things really happen, is if you keep doing the same shit as everybody else, you're never going to get the different result. And what was yeah. really interesting that you mentioned is this, that, you know, even though your parents were divorced, it sounds like you found a passion for what you were doing. And that's yeah. really kind of snowballed into everything else. So that was the first thing I wanted to touch upon. The second thing that you mentioned, and I wholeheartedly believe in this. In fact, this is why I sort of veered into the whole human marketing aspect over the last four years with my business is because it's care. 
It's giving a shit. It's yeah. and what you said, you're absolutely right. I think it's the female mantra is that generally caring for your clients. Mm-hmm. As in, if you say you're going to do something, you do it. Or if you don't and you fuck up or whatever, you take accountability yeah. and, and be upfront and say, you know what? I fucked this up, but I'll make it right. Yeah. And I think that's exactly what females, fanpreneurs bring to this predominantly ran male-centric entrepreneurial community. So, okay, you're building these REITs. What happened after, like, you're stacking the cash? What happened after that? Um, so what happened after that is a very interesting story that's not in my bio. Um, so I, um, that was when I lived in Houston. And uh, then we moved to Austin. And as I mentioned, I come from, from a divorced family. My father's a drug addict and an alcoholic. And um, so at 17 years old, I moved out and started dating a drug dealer and became a drug dealer myself. And okay. so a lot of like, a lot of, a lot, uh, a, like a lot of great entrepreneurs, you know, got, 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 got my sales, got my like hard hustle and hard sales, uh, you know, selling those dime sacks on the streets. And yeah. until one day I got a knock at my door and I was staring down the barrel of a shotgun. And that was the day that I knew like something had to change. Like I, I, yeah. I was, I was great at this, you know, drug selling. Cause one, I, I was, you know, I've always been kind of a like prissy, like like to dress up, dress nice kind of girl. Uh, so that kind of image selling drugs was not aligned. Yeah. Um, yeah. So when, when that happened, I said, you know, something, something's got to change. It was right before my 18th birthday. And, um, the only thing that I could remember at the time was my grandfather always talked to my father about like getting out of drugs and getting into sales. My grandfather was a door to door salesman, um, sold all kinds of things. You know, he was Jewish. So he built up, you know, his, his wealth and, Mm -hmm. and all doing sales. And I always remembered him saying to my dad, like, you got to get in sales. Like you got to stop doing this. You got to get into sales. And, um, so that's what I did. I decided to get out of drug sales and into someone had introduced me to a network marketing company. And so I started them. I signed the contract on my 18th birthday. And by the time I was 19 years old, I was a top income earner with that company. And that's where I got, where I got my like education in like sales is personal development because sales, you have to overcome so much personally to be yeah. good at sales. You've, you, you, you've got to not be afraid of rejection. Like you can't be afraid of no, like your confidence to be really good at sales. Like you have to have a fuck ton of confidence and you have to have a high level of care because people can smell a salesy person from miles away. So it's, yeah. so You've got to have that confidence. You've got to be willing to push people past their comfort zone from a place of love and care, which is why I think women are so great at sales. Uh, women that are like, you know, can hone in on that confidence and really own their value and own their worth and can also push people past their comfort zone because that's what sales is, is pushing them past their comfort zone so that they can make a life changing decision, which is what I did at 18 years old. I made a life changing decision. I got into, um, network marketing and like, and if you can make it in network marketing, you can pretty much make it anywhere. Um, by the time I was 19 years old, I was a top income earner with that company. 
then they were shut down by the FTC or DSA or something. Uh, that mm-hmm. company was shut down. And that's when I went into commercial real estate in Las Vegas, Nevada uh, at 24 years old. And commercial real estate is typically a male dominated industry. And I crushed it. I was the number one business broker in the state for three years. And always just, you know, because I came to the negotiation table, I was usually negotiating with old white Democratic men. Um, And like, I would come to the table with my fiery red head and 24 years old, and just like, just would not expect my negotiation. And then they would be, then they would get up from the table and they'd be like, what the fuck did I just sign? Like, how did this happen? Um, And so, and then from, from there, you know, commercial real estate. And then from there, I've been a serial entrepreneur with a style company and now a sales agency. It's amazing story. You know, you talked about so many things that, you know, I, I think you've always had that strong level of uh, confidence, which I think <laughs> it's actually kind of cliche because in a predominantly ran male entrepreneurial world, most males actually struggle with, with self-confidence. I know a lot of sales guys that, you know, are kind of beating their chest and saying, I'm, you know, the, the top salesman at my company. They, in fact, have confidence issues. And, like, you're absolutely right. You have to have confidence. You have to be able to step outside of the comfort zone. If you get a no or multiple no's, just know that it's that much closer to a yes. Yeah. You know, and just keep beating that horse until – you know, you get a yes, because that actually indicates your level of resilience in the ability to be persistent. And that's what people don't understand. I mean, and speaking from my own experience, because when I was really young, I was an introvert and not by choice, because as an Eastern European being bullied all through high school and always thinking I just didn't have what it took until I realized, you know what, fuck all that shit. I always had what it took. I've always had more than uh, what everyone else had. I've always been confident, but you know what? I allowed the mediocrity of society to stoop me down to their level. That's what happens to a lot of people. So I think it's amazing that where you are today, I mean, you're sort of paving the path for a lot of female entrepreneurs, you know, that, that have probably thought multiple times about, hey, what if I started my own business? Or there's something that I've been passionate about. You're you're offering a lot of encouragement to a lot of women a lot, uh, around the world. And it's actually kind of awesome that, that like you are like almost walking over majority of these like male entrepreneurs, you know, because like I said, this has been a predominantly male driven entrepreneurial community for a very long time. So you are sort of like disrupting, which I love disrupting anything. Yes. In fact, because I hate being conventional. I hate being traditional. I've always been an early adopter myself. Anytime I cross someone, come across someone like you, it's like, holy shit, there's other people out there, especially a female is disrupting an entire entrepreneurial community. So let's talk about, you know, align sales more and let's talk about the sales approach and how do you cultivate a community and what's your kind of different take on this? So I would say my the the my different take is the fact that as an agency we primarily focus on placing female sales professionals. 
So that is that that's really what sets us apart from any other agency is um, we focus on placing female sales professionals and we also focus on place, excuse me, placing for the long haul. So there's a lot of traditional agencies out there that like are an outsourced agency. And I really learned early on that I don't believe that model works because it creates a separation between the entrepreneur and the salesperson. Cause you have this agency entity that is in the middle and to me creates a disconnection and a separation. So we first disrupted the market in uh, going towards a placement model with a management option. So when we place an agent, they work for the entrepreneur, they work directly with, they're part of the team. And, um, and we really set them up um, on the front end. We do all the hiring. So we really focus on the hiring for the long haul because as a company and, and most companies that we work with, th this is their first sale sales hire. And if you're looking to hire a salesperson, you first and foremost want to be doing at least 50K a month already in sales before you start hiring someone. So that's rule number one. And then um, number two is you really want to hire someone for the long haul. So many people make yeah. the mistake of like, oh, I need a salesperson right now. But a, a, a salesperson, every time you turn over a salesperson, that could cost you anywhere from sixty dollars to $100,000. So, so your interview process has to be really dialed in. And we have a three-step interview process that we use. It has to be dialed in so you know that that person is at least going to be committed for a year or more. So whenever we place someone, um, we don't place anyone who, you know, wants to do sales uh, while they build their side hustle. Like that's, we, we won't place them. We'll send them somewhere else. Cause there's a lot of people who get into especially high ticket sales for the money so that they can build their side hustle. Um, we don't do that it, to really grow and scale a company. You want a salesperson who is dedicated to you, who wants to be part of your team, who's not interested in a side hustle or, you know, someday doing their own thing that they really are part of uh, your team. And so that's one thing that like sets us apart. And what yeah. I think every entrepreneur should really understand is you want to hire someone that is absolutely dedicated to you, dedicated to your growth. And then the other thing is like, uh, your sales processes are different from if you, if you, if you're doing your own sales, you don't have to have much of a process. Like you can do your own things send your contracts and do how, however, if you start to get to that place where you're scaling and you want to have someone sell your dream for you so that you can be the visionary and you can grow the company, grow the brand is, uh, you know, you want to make sure all your processes are set up and there's automations. And so we help our clients, um, do that as well. And then, um, and then also on the back end is onboarding your salesperson. Like so many people, they just throw a salesperson into the mix. Like you said, you're good at sales, take these calls and then they're not doing so good and they don't know why. And it's because you didn't have a really great, uh, a really great onboarding process that really integrated them into the culture because more than knowing about what the product is, which is also important, is you want to integrate that person into the culture. Make sure that make them feel like they're part of the family. Make them feel like they're an extension of you. Because if they love you and they care for you, they're going to sell 20 to 30% higher than if you're just like hiring someone just to do sales. And, and we don't do, yeah. um, we don't use like the term closing. It's like agreement formation because all of our salespeople are into transformation. They're selling for transformation. Um, right. 
And so when someone comes to me and they're like, oh, I want to be a closer for you. I'm like, I'm not looking for a closer. I'm looking for a sales professional. Because the sales <laughs> because the closers to me are just fucking order takers. I fucking hate the word closers. Like yeah. you're an order taker. A sales professional yeah. is a hustler. Like if their calendar's not booked, then they're going to go book appointments. Like be a salesperson, not a closer. Yeah. No, uh, you, you mentioned so many good things in that statement is this is that, and I think, uh, you know, sales traditional has been done like that for a very long time is this that, you know, salespeople are almost like following the teleprompter. They're afraid to step outside of the comfort zone. They're, they're afraid to, to try something different. They're just only focusing on, on closing. And I think you also talked about, you know, someone who's invested into your company, right? Yeah. When you hire someone, which really has a lot to do, I think, with company culture yeah. also is really understanding because they, they have to feel like they belong. In fact, it's so ironic because I was talking to a, a prospect earlier today and she was talking about her high turnover. And that's exactly what I told her. I said, you know, let's face it, then the reality of things is paying people money and probably even offering benefits barely gets them out of bed these days. You know, so like what else do you have that's enticing that's going to make them feel like they belong? And that's where company culture, you know, comes in. Because if you don't have company culture, you don't have a company, let alone hiring salespeople who are going to hustle and bustle for you without you giving them orders. Like they're, they're going to pick up the phone or, you know, uh, go into their Rolodex and start firing emails off or get on social media and start talking to people they're just go-getters because they have it at heart. And let's face it, in the sales space, the vast majority of people aren't like that. Yeah. Because they are exactly that. They're just closing. They're yep. just trying to get the next contract, you know. And what's really difficult about that, too, is just that I think there has to be a fine line between, yes, you know, doing more than that's expected, but at the same time, knowing also what to do. You know, it's kind of a happy balance because – you know, also these people, first and foremost, they have to feel like they belong. If they don't feel like, like that they don't belong, they're not, they're not going to work as hard as you. In fact, most of the employees are not going to work as hard as you because that's why you've got the biggest potential as a CEO within your company is yeah. because you're multifaceted and you can do a lot of different things and you can do it better than everyone else, right? So that's awesome that you share, you share that. So, okay. Uh, from here, I, I know we were chatting about everything that, you know, you have done and, and with aligned sales and the way you guys uh, are, are growing. I love the differentiating factor. I love that you said that you hate closers because I feel the same way. You know, when building relationships, I don't, I don't want someone to close me, nor do yeah. I want to close somebody. Like, this just... It, I feel it, 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 it just, it just, it just feels like you're just another notch on the belt, just another contract. Yeah. Like there's no relationship developing there right, uh, whatsoever. Right. Um, I know that yeah, we can chat. Go ahead. Before you, before you go on, I do, I do want to add, cause like something to what you were, were saying is like, you know, that culture fit and, and you know, we're a line agency for a reason or a line sales for a reason, because we really find, um, a line matches and just to like give you an example. So I placed a salesperson right before COVID hit and, um, we really do, you know, we work really hard to make sure and it's a line fit. And so this particular person had a high ticket offer around helping salon owners go from six to seven figures. And, uh, I source a salesperson who's a high ticket salesperson who 
had 10 years ago owned a salon. So she, there was obviously like a very good culture fit. It was a very aligned uh, offer. It was a, a very aligned fit. And she, to this day, so she started right before COVID started. So she's been with him now for like three months. And she is mm-hmm. still closing at nearly 100000 a month. Last month, she did 83000 And fucking salons aren't even open right now. But that's how you know, like, it's a really good aligned fit and she's committed to the, to the audience and she's committed yeah. to what it is that they're doing is she's still closing at $83,000 when fucking salons aren't even open. Yeah, it's, that's amazing. You know, it's, that's when you know that you have a true go-getter. I mean, it is so hard to find dependable people nowadays, let alone people who, you know, execute on the things that they promise. And so anytime, you know, you find a person like that, if, if, if I was the company that she's working for, I'd be like, holy fucking shit, like you better be making it worthwhile for her every single fucking day yeah. because she's your, your number one earner. She's closing deals. Even when salons were closed, she's still closing deals. Yeah. So this is someone that's like unafraid, you know, to get notes, unafraid to, to be constantly going. And that is what I think it takes. And so it's amazing that I think with your company, with Align Sales, also the, the ability to, to find those kinds of people because they're, they're one in a million, I think. Yeah. You know, to find those kinds of people because, and that's another thing that I think I've learned personally is this, that the reason why salespeople are, are expensive, especially the really good ones, is because they know their worth. They know what they bring to the table. And I think we live in this digital world where a lot of companies, especially when it comes to sales, that they, they're always trying to undercut. They're trying to get salespeople for as cheap as possible. Yep. When in fact, let's face this, sales is about 30% of every business. If you don't have sales, you don't have a business. You don't have a business. You know, so these people are literally, you know, laying it on the line. And most salespeople I know are putting in 10, 12, 14 hour days. Not because they just want to get a bigger check, but it's because they love what they do. It's in their DNA. They're, they're real connectors. Yeah. Hence why, going back to your network marketing days, you know, I, I think you've always been a connector that's carried on to building your business and understanding you know, the mentality, the nuances of what it takes to build powerful relationships that have longevity. Um, so with that being said, I, I know we can totally be yeah. jamming about all of this even more. I, I've absolutely enjoyed the conversation and you shared so much, especially for a lot of female entrepreneurs that are going to listen to this episode. But before we close things off, throw out some handles. How can people connect with you? What's the best way to reach you? Yeah. So, uh, Instagram, I'm Bella, uh, and Verita, um, linesales.co. And uh, we have a Facebook page, LinkedIn. So you can either find me at Bella and Verita or AlignSales.co. If you just go to our website, then you can, you know, click on all the, on the, the links. Um, I love to answer questions in Facebook Messenger. I love to answer questions um, on Instagram, LinkedIn. I'm like, eh, I may, may or may not check that. I'm, I'm trying to get better, <laughs> um, better at that. But we have a lot of free resources. Um, like we have a lot of free resources on, you know, how to hire a no cost uh, six figure salesperson. Um, we have some checklists on, you know, if you're thinking about hiring a salesperson, um, you know, what are the things that the checklist that you want to do to like, even before you hire, start hiring or think about hiring, yeah. like those sort of checklists that you can all find at aligned sales.co. 
Awesome. I want to thank you so much, Bella. I really, really enjoyed our conversation. And uh, uh, hopefully that everyone that's listening can reach out and connect with you, especially a lot of the resources that you mentioned, uh, people that are interested in finding that salesperson specific and someone that's invested into their company. So thank you again for taking the time. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Ain't no channel for champions and chain no fear. Yep, the champ is here. Switch gears. We can be 